Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Haley Wooden. I'm Tyler Orton. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Happy Thursday. It's been a pretty big news week this week. We had the Bank of Canada's rate hike yesterday, which caused a lot of headlines. That's now at 1.25%. But Tyler, I think one of the big news stories today is Amazon coming out with its short list of cities that could host its second headquarters. And notably, Vancouver not on it. Yeah, I think the writing on the wall was here back in November. Amazon had announced that it was opening a second office in downtown Vancouver, adding a thousand jobs over a number of years. That's added to the 1,800 person workforce that it already has in BC between uh, its already existing office as well as that uh, center, that distribution center they have in Delta. I don't think anyone in Vancouver is super shocked at this announcement that it did not make the short list of cities. Notable thing here, though, Toronto, the only Canadian city to make this list. Yeah, it's a list of 20. The other 19 are all major U.S. cities. I saw some commentary reading the reaction to this, and uh, a couple people said they would be surprised if it goes to Toronto because of the Trump factor, a major American company creating much of jobs in a country that isn't the U.S. and maybe not wanting to get on Trump's bad side. I, I don't oh, know what you think about that. I, I, I have something to say about that because Trump's already at war a little bit with Jeff Bezos at That's this true. point. He's already I, on his bad side. I yeah, I, I mean, he uh, Bezos owns the Washington Post, been a thorn in the side for the president. Uh, Washington Post, by the way, recipient of one of Donald Trump's uh, fake media awards that uh, he was handing mm. out this week as well. Uh, so the the other thing uh, worth noting, though, is that this is when they make the announcement. I, I do wonder if uh, Trump would even be in his first term at that point as U.S. Pr- or not when they make the announcement, but when this actually goes through, if Trump would be in his first term at this point. Fair enough. What really Amazon does Amazon really care? Maybe if they take some heat over it. It'd be worth it in the long uh, long term. That said, I don't think Toronto has a shot at making this whatsoever. I think Toronto was put on this short list as a, hey, what a good bid you made, but sorry, we're probably going to go with somebody else. They just weren't, and they're very clear, the politicians there, they're not going to bend over backwards, offer ridiculous tax incentives like yeah. we're getting with, say, Chicago or New Jersey. And I think that's to the benefit of Toronto. I think it's actually in Vancouver's you know best interest that a mammoth giant like Amazon doesn't come to the city and just swallow up the entire tech talent that we have here. Yeah, well, then it becomes about Amazon. We already see that there are issues with tech talent here heading south of the border to work at Amazon, let alone if you had such right. a presence here in the city. Yeah, it's a, it's a big player. Some of the stats released by Amazon, too, it says that it's looking to spend about $5 billion on this campus and that at its first headquarters in Seattle, it's generated $38 billion to uh, the Seattle economy over the period of six years from 2010 to 2016. So that's uh, all the focus goes to Amazon, I think, at that point. And looking at the list here, it could really disrupt a lot of these cities in, in a positive way. It's bringing jobs and spending, right? But it certainly brings a lot of attention with it, too. Well, let's play a hypothetical game here. Let's say, you know, Amazon wanted to have their second headquarters just a few hours away from HQ1. At this point, look at what, say, the rise of Amazon has done for real estate prices in Seattle in recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are complaining about affordability affordability issues in a city that actually has a, a, a gigantic economic base behind 
real estate prices versus if you look at Vancouver, we don't necessarily have that giant economic base to support it, especially when we look at the median uh, household income in Vancouver versus what the average price of a home is. It's just this ridiculous gap, not such a big gap as we have in Seattle. Think about if we had all these people making six-figure sums as their entry-level wage. Uh, mm-hmm. what home prices are going to be like then. They wanted to bring 50,000 people into HQ2. Where are these 50,000 people going to go exactly? Oh, like, yeah. do we have an abundance of you know housing? That's one of the other big issues here. I just, and you can also see that politicians were kind of cooling off on this idea. There, there's, in back in September when this was first announced, there, there's a lot of exuberance, a lot of excitement over that. And I think people kind of stepped back and thought about whether or not this is actually be in the best interest in Vancouver. Yeah, it's easy to get excited about the prospect of a big player like Amazon coming to your city. But yeah, you're right. It it does bring with it some consequences. And real estate prices are already high enough here in Vancouver. So if you had a greater pool of people fighting for them and people who make well above the median income level here, you can see problems that would cause. I thought I we have tech hubs in Victoria and Kelowna too. I don't think I could picture Amazon going to Vancouver Island, but no. there was some talk too about, say, what about a Kelowna where there's a lifestyle factor, there's a lot of land, price is not as high, but I think rapid transit was a requirement. They wouldn't have the same infrastructure. The, and, and the other thing is I think they wanted to have a metropolitan area with at least a, one million that had uh, viable international uh plane routes. Mm-hmm. I And forgive me, I, like I, I know that uh, the Okanagan has a size, sizable chunk of the population. I don't believe it's the uh, 1 million. And I don't believe that their airport is saying fine directly between, you know, Kelowna and Beijing, for example, no. the, the way that no. Vancouver would be. So I don't know. I, I think overall people are going to look back at this and be like, yeah, you know, we, we still have Amazon expanding its footprint in Vancouver. It's good. We're adding jobs. We've got the close connection between Vancouver and Seattle. This Overall, the relationship between Amazon and Vancouver is, is good, and I don't think it needs a, a second headquarters to kind of a, uh, come into the city and, and I think disrupt like a lot of what's going on in the tech sector right now. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. They're going to do a deep dive now into this list of top 20 contenders. I think there's probably three that actually, I I think Amazon pretty much already knows where they want to go. They're just looking at who's going to bend over backwards and and get whatever they can squeeze out of them. So it's... I agree with you, Haley. I really want to see how it shakes out. Before we move on, you mentioned the three. What do you think the top three are. I think uh, Austin has a good shot. Okay. Uh, I think Boston has a good shot. And there, there are a couple um, bids in, uh, well, Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia, which is all kind of within the same region. Uh, I, I think they could have a shot as well. There you go. Yeah, Close maybe, to maybe Denver uh, too. Uh, yeah, Denver stood out to me. Uh, just it seemed sort of like an interesting cultural fit too. I mean, New York's also on here, as is LA, but I, I, I find I think, it difficult to picture Amazon moving there. Well, it, exactly. It's just it's the size factor. Where are you going to find the real estate to yeah. put all these people? Uh, and you know, may, I I don't think it'd be an issue finding maybe fifty thousand tech workers that would be willing to go to New York or, or just hire within. But again, whoever's coming in, it. Uh, it, it Amazon's going to kind of be a bit of a, a vacuum from like whatever talent uh, that this city jurisdiction already has. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll benefit the economy. I just don't know if everybody necessarily 
is thinking that far ahead. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with some more business news. This podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax, and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, and if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, you can give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600. That's 604-714-3600. Or you can check them out online at manningelliott.ca. What other business news stories are you following this week? Yeah, another story that I wrote uh, today was with regards to Iris Automation, Vancouver-founded company. They just announced $8 million U.S. in venture capital raise here. And I don't know, Haley, you ever fearful of uh, flying on airplanes ever? No, not particularly. I am a, a, an amazing sleeper. I sleep a lot on airplanes, so right. it doesn't well, really phase me. <laughs> a lot of people might be fearful if uh, of getting hit by a drone, and those are just all oh. over the skies. And, and what Iris Automation is doing is they've actually developed uh, these systems that will you, you they would be installed on drones so that they'd be self flying. Essentially, uh, they would have anti collision software that would allow them to avoid these mid-air collisions that people are so fearful of. It's pretty cool technology. The issue that they're facing right now, though, is uh, I spoke to the CEO, Alex Harmson, and he said uh, it's comparable to, say, autonomous vehicles, where the technology is there, technology is proven, but you have to get the general public on board with this idea. You also have to convince regulators. So they want to mm. use the $8 million, essentially uh, more than doubling their workforce, as well as doing a lot more tests to convince regulators we need to get these drones in the sky. It's going to be uh, kind of the the way of the future. We also had Boeing. I don't know if you saw this. uh, It was earlier this week, but they unveiled this new drone capable of carrying, I think, like hundreds of pounds of cargo, I think up to 500 pounds worth of cargo. This is a drone. Wow. So I, I just hope that their cargo never falls on top of me as I'm walking down the streets. That could be Imagine quite seeing dangerous. that. That'd look terrifying. You see this massive box? Like be- I don't know what the yeah. package would have to be shaped like too, because it couldn't be too wide. I hope it it's be- shaped like a parachute. <laughs> yeah, you no know? Kidding. So yeah. I, but it, it yeah, it would be frightening because it's not like this is gonna be like a little dot in the sky uh, because it, it can't interfere with air traffic. It, it, so it has to be lower down as well. So Yes. I, I don't know. It's just going to be weird having all these drones buzzing around. Uh, you know, people could ha- have legitimate, you know, privacy concerns. Those have already arisen. It, just people complaining about drones floating outside their condos. And it's just mm. kind of like, I don't know. It, it, but I'm still fascinated to see how this one shakes out, too. You know what that might be useful for? I'm picturing like trying to get the baby grand piano into a 22nd floor condo or something and how you have to lift it up outside the building if you could do that with a drone (laughs) or like move in without having to use an elevator or stairs if you're in a low-rise building that would be really useful then it's not flying above people it's sort of in one spot you're just going up i'm just curious okay so it the drone flies up with your baby grand (laughs) like what is the process then from like uh detaching it from the drone? Do you have like yeah. pulleys? I, I, I'm you sure have st- insurance first okay. of all. I'm sure somebody will figure it out. But I, yes, uh, 
it's going to be interesting. Haley, what, what's catching your eye this week? All right. Well, the, every day is a new day when it comes to NAFTA. Oh, We're yeah. about to head into the sixth round of negotiations next week, and they'll be in Montreal. So coming back to Canada. A couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of concern that Trump was going to pull the plug, concerns uh, heightening the Canadian government responding. And then, you know, things cooled down a little bit with Trump saying, oh, you know, things are going well. He might prolong negotiations, open to that. This week, though, as we get closer to the negotiating round, we're seeing some stronger language from the Trump administration, specifically Trump coming out and saying that terminating NAFTA would actually result in the best deal for the United States. What I find interesting about this, though, is he sort of phrased it and some of the remarks came on Twitter that terminating the best deal would result in a better revamped deal. So still sort of acknowledging that there would be some sort of free trade agreement in place, but the process could be terminating it first and then from that negotiating position trying to work out something better. Uh, we've seen this before, though, Tyler, in advance of the round, days yeah. before, very strong language to, I don't know if it's a tactic or what, but we're sort of flip-flopping all over the place here. Has this tactic worked so far? <laughs> There's no evidence. Well, I don't think that it's worked. Because all we've heard is how little progress has been made. Uh, Trump has complained about you know Canadian negotiators being very hardline on, on what's going on here. I, I, I think it is you know them trying to get leverage, but if they're hedging it by saying, yeah, you know, we'll get a different deal instead, I, I, I think they realized just how devastating it would be to the U.S. economy. I, I don't think they can back out. I, and but the other thing to keep in mind is it'd be, uh, I, I say the word devastating. That I, I think that's an an exaggeration on my part, but it would still have a more pronounced impact on the Canadian economy. Maybe not mm -hmm. as pronounced as some people would suspect at this point, but Canadians would feel it more. I'm just wondering if the American uh, representatives in, say, uh, uh, Congress would be willing to take that gamble. And I, there's still questions about whether Trump can unilaterally pull out or if they're going to have to have both houses of Congress to go forward with this. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, it could take quite a bit of time. You know, immediately, if we were to see something like that, the loony would be hit hard. But we've also seen over the last year or so, a lot of uh, U.S. states working closely with either the Canadian industry or officials here to try and bridge relations and figure out, you know, what are we going to do? So even if we see the end of NAFTA, which it's hard to say what we'll see in the months ahead, uh, you know, maybe there's something to be worked out sort of at the state to province level or state to nation level, uh, even between industries to try and figure out what might work well in the interim um, as we see sort of a, a six-month pulling out period and then yeah. who knows what happens after that. I don't know, but there's definitely a cohort in the states who really do want to see a better NAFTA deal negotiated that's better for all three parties. I, yes, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I just can't wrap my head around the U.S. government actually pulling out, but the Canadian government, uh, Christian Freeland says, you know, they are, uh, Canadians are, going to be prepared for that possibility. So Canadian government taking it seriously, I just don't know if it, it's going to actually happen. I think too, if the US does terminate NAFTA, but it's to try and negotiate a better deal after putting an end to this deal, that puts the US in a weak position if they say we pulled out, oh, but wait, we still want to work with yeah. you. And Canada and Mexico, to their credit, have remained fairly strong and haven't uh, 
bent ba- over backwards to U.S. demands on a well, number of fronts. Yeah, let's say they terminate this trade agreement just so they can start a new one. Is Aren't the same issues that, you know, Canadian exactly. negotiators and Mexican negotiators are going to be pushing back on? Aren't they going to continue to persist? And frankly, with free trade agreements, they're all sort of based on the last type of framework yeah. that was negotiated. So yeah. you'd still either probably go to NAFTA or even TPP as a framework. You're not going to throw everything out and start from scratch. Wow. So no. who knows? Who knows? We'll have news on next week's podcasts, I'm sure, as uh, the sixth round gets underway. But that's it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening to the BIV podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and business advisors. Tyler, if anyone wants to connect with you and find more news, where can they go? Yeah, find me online at BIV.com. You can find the stories that we spoke about today there, as well as on Twitter, I'm at Reporton. That's R-A-P-O-R-T-O-N. And, you know, Haley, we should also be telling people to go to at BIV News as well to find uh, all our tweets that are going on. But Haley, where can we find you on Twitter? My handle is at Haley Wooden. Feel free to connect. And you can also find our podcasts on iTunes as well as on our site. So feel free to go there. You can rate us and uh, get access to all of our podcasts and our archived podcasts as well. Again, that's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.